Now that we found Christ, what are we gonna do with it?
neighbor now that we've we are finishing out of shepherding conference what are you going to do after this conference what are you going to do are you going to continue to be a bad shepherd are you going to be a great shepherd are you going to be a disappointing shepherd Are you going to be a chief shepherd? Clap your hands for Jesus. Please be seated and let's end the conference. Go home, wait on God and ask him to help us to build our churches and our ministries you will have something to show for the work you do in your church after this conference. Yes. Everybody will know that you have contacted a power. You have contacted an anointing. Amen. And I want us to go back to our scripture, Isaiah 40, verse 11. The job description of a shepherd. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd we've talked about feeding he shall gather the lambs with his arm we've addressed the gathering aspect of a shepherd's work and carry them in his bosom a shepherd carries every pastor every shepherd must develop his capacity to carry we dealt with it yesterday and then finally he shall gently lead those that are with young so a pastor is a leader a pastor the, the, the subject of leadership must be of interest to a pastor. The subject of leadership is not limited to politicians, secular leaders, and such like. But a pastor must also see himself. Once there are sheep under you, you are not just somebody who feeds them. You must also lead them. He leadeth me. The Lord is my shepherd. And the Lord who is my shepherd leads me. He leads me. He feeds me. I shall not want and so on and so forth. But he leads. He leads. 
He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Twice in this short psalm, you see the shepherd leading, lead, lead. A shepherd is a leader. And it's unfortunate that the, the, the conference has come to an end. But I'm believing God that we will have other opportunities because I have only tackled about 10% of the leadership content of a shepherd's work. In fact, I have only today, today I've spent my time talking about the prerequisites because to take a course in the university, there are subjects you must pass. You don't just get up, get any grade and enter and say you want to study law because your father is a lawyer or your mother is a lawyer. You must fulfill what we call prerequisites. Now, to be a leader, it's very important to understand that there are things that must be done before you lead. And that is what explains the abysmal failure of pastors to lead their congregations. When you go to a place where there is bad leadership, you only experience a bad feeling. Because people just get up to lead without fulfilling the basic prerequisites. So you find all over, especially in Africa, bad examples of leadership. Not just politics, but churches. Now, what do you need to do before you start to lead? What course? What course must you pass? What is the, what is the subject you must pass before you become a leader in a church? Before you become a shepherd? What, what is the course you must pass? The course you must pass is... The understanding, before I mention the cause, you must understand that God actually created you as a bad leader. That is how God made you. Like he gave you a kidney, he gave you a thyroid gland, eyeballs, retina, brain, and so on, and did not give you a tail. You don't have a tail. Yes. When God created you, one of the things he left out of you is the ability to lead. So when you find somebody leading and leading well, the person has overcome natural limitations. Anybody you find as a good leader has overcome a natural limitation. Because naturally, we can lead Jeremiah 10.23. Jeremiah 10.23. It says, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. There is a way. Then, then he goes on and nails it directly. 
that it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. You lack it. You lack it. The white man, the black man, you lack the ability to direct yourself, to lead yourself. Message Bible. Message Bible says, I know God that mere mortals can't run their own lives. That men and women don't have what it takes to take charge of life. That's who you are. That's what I am. Yet, God expects us to take charge of the lives of people. Can you imagine a man who cannot lead himself being given 100 people to lead? That will take us to the proverbial picture of a blind man leading the blind. Jesus mentioned it as a picture of leadership. Blind, leading blind people. For a shepherd to lead, he must first understand that he does not have naturally, whether you are a white man or you are a black, it's not an African problem. The way of man, there are bad white leaders. There are bad black leaders. But I'm going to show you why you have certain people who are able to lead better than others. And in the entire Bible, the person who teaches us what you need to have before you start leading people is an Italian An Italian. So, if, if I, when he spoke, Jesus said, "What? I have never heard any such thing in the whole of Israel. No Jew has mentioned this before." The centurion. He told when Jesus heard these things, he said, he marvelled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, "I say to you, I have never found such a statement of faith." Not in the whole of Israel. And what did the man say? This is the only person in the Bible who gave the leadership. You see, what you need to do before you begin to lead. He said, I also am a man set under authority. Having under me soldiers. That is, I am a leader. I have soldiers under me that I lead. And you watch what I do. I say to one, go. And you watch. He will go right now. They are going. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, my houseboy at home, do this. See, this is a leader. A pastor who cannot tell his members what they should do. It's not a pastor. A pastor should be able to gather his members and say, we are praying on Friday night and you are coming. Yes. A a leader says, we are going and the followers, they go. I'm preaching. Which is what many shepherds cannot do. 
Many shepherds cannot bring their church members to church. You can't say that tomorrow Sunday, the 15 of us, we are boarding a bus and we are coming to church. They can't do that. They, can, they can't behave. They don't know how to behave like this Italian. And the reason that this man gave the, the source of his leadership abilities, why he is able to lead, that power to lead came from what he is under. He said, I, I am a man under authority. New Living Translation, look at it. He said, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. You can never have authority over people when you yourself are not under the authority of people. The people you see who have authority, without exception, if you investigate their life, they are under authority. The power to lead is derived. That is how come you can find a blind man who cannot lead himself, leading a church. A man who doesn't have in him the ability to lead, is to take charge, is now in charge of a thousand people. And he's leading them well. The secret. The, so, so, so you see, the prerequisites, the condition you fulfill before you can be a good pastor, a good leader. You see, a, a pastor who cannot lead is a bad pastor. A shepherd who cannot lead. And to lead means to take people. To take people to a certain place. The Lord is my shepherd. The next statement, he maketh me. To make, a pastor must learn. You see, there are many things in the church. If I announce that tomorrow evening we are having a concert, we are having dancing, we are, you see that the place will be full. Because there are things church members like doing. They enjoy Dancing, party, there's popcorn, kebab, pork chops. Yeah. But if I announce that tomorrow night into Sunday morning, we are waiting on God all night to pray for souls to come into the church, you see that only 16 people wearing bare sheets will come to church. So, the, the things that are very important, the spiritual activities of a church are the exact things church members don't like. They don't like to go on outreaches. They don't like to pay tithes. A lot of hairstyles I see here, a lot of them are tights. Hairstyles I see, tights. Shoes and bags are tights. They don't want to pay tithes. So if you are a pastor, and you don't have the ability to make your members pay tithes, to make your church pray, 
to make your sheep. He said, see, see, you would have thought that when a sheep sees green grass, it will naturally go and eat. But not so. At least my understanding. I don't know my, my, whether my level of education. I mean, green pastures should not be something that a sheep should be made to lie down in. It means the members under us, they don't even know what is good for them. You must know what is good for them and make them do it. Now, the power to do that, the power to lead. You see, one of the reasons why there are pastors who, who, are, who are incapable of leading their flock is that they, they, they lack the power to cause that movement. And the reason is that they themselves are not under anything. In, in our lighthouse church, our united denominations, if you travel abroad, Africa, Ghana, villages, town, church to church, you will discover patterns. Churches that are thriving, growing, doing well, and churches that are struggling under bogus shepherds, bogus pastors, You see, somebody calls himself a reverend minister. He has been in a church for five years. I have one. Fourteen members. When you, when you examine the trends, you come out with only one conclusion. Those with churches that are doing well, the pastor can lead them, he can get them to pray, come to church, do things and so on. That pastor is very well connected to the father of the denomination. Without exception. And when you go to a church where everything is falling apart, a leaderless, you see, there can be, I mean, some of us came from such families, where there is a father, a man who provided the sperms for your bed. He's in the house, but somebody is paying your school fees. Somebody provides your food. Your uncle has rented the house. He's a father, but he might as well have died. One day, one of my church members, uh, my council, uh, a, a branch, a lady had been asking to see me for a very long time. And I realized that she was persistent. I, I, I suspected there was a problem. So one day, she got me. I said, come and see me in church. Unfortunately, the day she came, there was also a very important meeting I had to attend. But she was with her husband. But you see, she had really chased me for so long a time that I had to sit down with them. So I said, what is, the, what is the problem? The husband was there, the wife was there. And the wife said, this is my husband. We have three children or two children. I, think, I even saw the woman this morning. Uh, my husband is an artisan. He does, I don't want to mention the things. And he gets contracts. Bishop, since we married, and we have three children. I am, I, I am, I am, I am a nurse or so I'm a teacher. I have to do extra business. The rent, 
I pay. The fees, I pay. Clothes, I pay. Food, I pay. This is my husband. He's sitting here. I am not saying this behind him. The, everything, bills. Everything. For three years. And he works. And I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. But you see, they met me at the wrong time. Because I was going for a meeting. I couldn't, I didn't have a lot of time to spare. So I asked the man that, is what he's saying true? Do you have, why don't you help? He said, oh, it's true. He said, it's true. So I said, why? But when he began to speak, I didn't have time to hear what he was saying. So this has been going on for, for all these years. He said, yes. Then I told the wife that, you know something? If this man works and cannot provide, and by the grace of God, you have been able to, you know, get some extra things to sell, plus your salary and so on, then I will give you one advice because I need to go. Take it that this man is dead. The man stood up. Oh, Bishop, why? I said, why? You are a dead man. You are alive, but you are dead. In the Bible, there were people who were alive, but they were considered dead. Dead. I said, take it that this man, imagine it. I don't know your powers of imagination. I said, but imagine that this man is dead. He's buried. And in the night, just take it that once a while, a ghost comes to remove your panties to have sex with you. Once a while, a ghost comes. Don't expect anything from him. Don't raise your blood pressure. Take it that he's dead. I, I told her, and unfortunately for the man, Two weeks earlier, I had buried a husband in the church. I said, there are women in the church that I pastor whose husbands are dead. Add yourself to them as a widow, but don't wear black. Take yourself as a widow. Because this man is useless. Bible talks, is there. Bible says, such people are worse than infidels. There are pastors over churches who are dead. And when you go into it, you find only one pattern. The, the yawning gap that exists between this pastor's reality of ministry and the current reality of the church as directed and as instructed and as guided by the father of the ministry who happens to be alive we are not like Methodist or Church of Pentecost whose founder is dead by the grace of God we have a living founder but they are pastors if you look at their ministry it is, they have they have they have buried our founder. He doesn't exist. Please, now we are in a conference. You see, let me tell you. Anybody, me, if you see me, I, I like it. It says, it is not in a man 
it is not in a man. Leadership, you see, God made it such that he is the only one. He said, don't call anybody father. It is not in a man. So when you see somebody leading and leading well, the person has deliberately, intentionally, and consciously placed himself or herself under a certain type of leadership that takes him to where he may not even want to go. So one of the patterns, you see, I was telling you this morning, American presidents are graded not by the bombs they dropped in Iran, but on their reading skills and the sizes of their library. Check the internet. That's how they are graded. There are presidents who read a book before breakfast. Jimmy Carter, two books, four books a week. George W. Bush, between 2006 and 2008, had read 186 books. And it's not that they are reading. They don't read to improve their grammar. Neither should we read to improve. Improving our grammar is about the fifth reason why we read. They read because as a leader, he must have something to follow. An ideology. A plan. It's complex to lead a nation. So, so their the, 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 the ability to read, which gives them something to follow. You see, when a leader reads, he's not just reading. A leader reads because he needs something to follow. He needs something. There must be something in front of him that guides him. A leader who wants to go into the healing ministry needs something in front of him to lead him because the church members need healing. So, we can't talk about leadership and the principles and the keys and that without establishing the importance of following a good leader follows someone a good a good leader whether it's secular it's interview leaders listen to their messages you hear constantly there is someone they are following. You see, the following may not be that the human being is alive and I'm walking behind him. You hear it in, 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 in the words of uh, uh, words that sound like listening to messages. I was listening to messages. I was reading something. I was watching a video. But the, at the base of reading, watching is that they are looking for someone to follow. You can never lead if you don't follow anybody. What I'm doing in this church 
does not originate from me. Why? Because I lack it. I can't even lead myself. But I'm following someone that when, when I see him take a step, I take it. That's why you see me. I'm sitting in front. He's having a camp. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. To do what? I'm following. I need something to follow. And thankfully, my founder, my pastor, my father that I admire does not live in London. So I will not make myself like someone who lives in Argentina or London or Takwa. There should be a difference between a lighthouse pastor who lives in Accra and a lighthouse pastor who lives in London. And the difference is your ability to be physically present in meetings he's having, being around, watching what is being done and having an experience that is palpable. You cannot sit in Accra and be watching Facebook live. You can't. You can't. All. There are pastors in Accra who have not seen Bishop's face for four years. And if you like lesbians, you go to their church and there's nothing happening there. Yeah. It's called the labor of a fool. Ecclesiastes 10, 15. The labor of a fool. You see, he's preaching. He takes offerings. He does outreaches. But he's a fool. A fool is a person who says in his heart, there is no God. That's a fool. Either there is no God or there is no representative of God in my life. As I'm a pastor, there is nothing from God that represents... You will not go to a certain churches and find even, even the books. You see, old books which have become distorted, contorted, who have been at the mercy of the elements for years. The pastor has, doesn't even have podcasts. Anything that is evil, when you go into it, you realize that the person, I'm, you see, I'm saying that if we don't address following somebody, those of us who are not from Lighthouse, so we are having a little family meeting. But the pastors amongst us, many of you here from other churches, I'm telling you that if your church is a, is a denomination with a leader, and those of you who are Elijahs, who don't have any fathers, if you are an Elijah, I recommend Bishop Dagwood Mills as a father you can have for your life. That's what I know. Such as I have, I'll give you. But those of you in, in denominations, in, in church group, I mean, families, church families under a head, be under. Be under. So that you can also derive the power to lead. If you are not under. He said, the reason why I can tell someone to go, and he goes, is that I myself, I am under the authority of superior officers. 
It's amazing. There's a type of madness in the world where people who don't take authority, who don't receive authorities, expect to be received. You say we are doing outreach, they won't come. But they expect their members to follow them to do outreach. I'm saying that there is an unshakable cornerstone of leadership. It's universal and eternal. The subject of leadership cannot be discussed without dealing with the subject of following someone. Do you want to be a good leader in the church? Follow. Because you don't know how to lead. Such a man. So I'm, I'm giving you just a few points in the next five minutes. What Jesus Christ taught us about following. The first thing Jesus Christ taught us was that following someone is the highest and best method of training. The highest. The best method of training someone. And by the way, whether you are, you are a canon, a pope, a bishop, a reverend, a pastor, whatever you are, we are still being trained. We are learning new things. A diocesan overseer or octop, whatever you, whatever leader, you are being trained. And Jesus said, the highest level. Turn your Bibles, please. Let's finish this quickly. Matthew 18, Matthew 4, sorry. Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net, verse 19. And he said unto them, Follow me. Follow me. And I will make you fishes. Of men. That is, I'll, you see, fishermen, fishermen don't only fish. A fisherman, by the very nature of his work, is a manager of fish. He not only catches fish, yes, they go with trawlers. When they are going to the deep seas to fish, they go with trawlers which have um, deep freezers. They don't just catch fish. They freeze the fish. They keep the fish. They manage the fish. And they also come to the shore and know how to sell the fish. So a fisher of fish is a manager of fish. A fisher of men is a manager of men. He's a leader of men. And to lead men, you follow. You follow. That was Jesus' teaching. The best. Fishers of men are not just people who just throw hooks. Those are people who fish for hobbies. It's their hobby to fish. They just go and sit somewhere with their hats, wide-brimmed hats and some canned coke and sit there with playing Chopin or some handle and they just... 
the people who are fishermen really, they manage the fish as well. In fact, there are some types of fish, when they catch, they even throw it back into the sea because he knows that he's going to go back there in six months' time and that fish must grow to be caught. They are managers of the affairs of fish. It's not just catching. He's a leader of fishes. Not just winning souls. You manage them. How to teach them. How to uh, take them through new believer school. How to teach them how to pay tithes. How to pray. How to read their Bible. To get them to come to church. To get them to stop fornicating. To get them to stop stealing. It is a management course. It's leadership. Let's end it quickly. Number two. <laughs> this man cried. Who brought him here? <laughs> Listen carefully. Jesus taught us. You see, and by this also, within the same message, trying to explain to you why you are a bad leader. Why your church is not working. Why you are, you, you, you are, you, I told the pastor, I said, you are forcing me to remove you from the church, but I won't remove you. I don't have anyone to replace. You will be there and preach. <laughs> You'll be there. Yeah. I will make sure you stay there and do the right thing. So if you want to tempt me, then I will sack you, then you are free. You are lying. <laughs> you will never be free. <laughs> <laughs> You won't be free. You won't be free. You'll be free to go to Akram or Sunday afternoon when we are working. You are at home watching EPL. The Monday, no silver bell. You are at home, beloved. You are moving. Never be free. Why? All of us pay tight. Why should I be in church at 8 p.m. and you are smooching your wife at 8 p.m.? We should all be in the church. When we finish, then we all go and smooch. Foolish man. Listen, we are closing. Just listen. Let's quickly end the service. The, 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 the con- Has it been a good conference, by the way? Have you enjoyed it? Then clap your hands for Jesus. I'm just giving you some two points and I'll be close. Live here. Live here with a resolve. A resolve that you are going to be an ardent follower so that you can lead So that you can be a fisher of men. So you can be a manager of men. Lord, help me to follow the man, the woman you have given me to follow. Give me the grace to follow. She may have faults. She may scream sometimes by heart. Because it's not a, she's not an evil woman to be screaming. Sometimes when she's in a period or in the middle of the period, it, it, it just bursts out. So you, you see them misbehaving. But it's not that they are bad people. It's hormonal. You see that after two days, they are calm. Always after two days, they are cool. Always. Two, they give them two days. They are fine. Your pastor, if your pastor has faults, be under. Be under. Be under. Otherwise, you to your children will curse you. 
slander. Don't joke. Don't, don't, don't relate with mothers and fathers on the basis of their mistakes and their difficulties and their challenges. You are int- if, if you allow it to follow you, you are, you are introducing problems you have not planned for, you have not budgeted for. Jesus showed us that you should make great sacrifices before you can really follow anyone. To follow someone. When you see someone following any, any pastor of the United Denominations who will decide from today, I'm following Bishop Dagwood Mills very, very, very closely. You will pay a price. There is nothing. And, and that is why many people see, they, start, they are excited. I'll follow. I admire. I'm going to follow. But as they take one, two, three steps, they discover that Charlie Opana, that thing is not as easy as I expected. Even the man I want to follow, he's asking me to stay in Gilgal. The man I want to follow, he's calling me Satan. But blessed are those who overcome the events of Gilgal. Who overcome overcome comments and sentences and statements they find unpalatable. Blessed are those who have the endurance of a camel to go through the, 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 the different and difficult terrains of following. When you find somebody who is following someone successfully, you must respect the person. What, what you think is not as you think. I can't start telling you comments I hear about me. Am I a serious pastor? Why every Sunday you don't have anything to do in your church. You, you are sitting somewhere every day. Small boys are dancing in front of you Sunday evening. When you, you, you are supposed to be in your church. Ah, but the camp is it not for first love camp? It's not for first love. Why are you there? All the time. Some things inside my chest. I want to say it. But oh, so far goes. Ah, okay. There's a doctor here. Matthew 16 24. Look at it. If anybody wants to follow me, let him pay the price of denying himself. Take up the cross. The, the cross does not represent pleasure. I'm, I'm explaining to you, some of you girls, I'm happy. I, I, I saw a lady recently, I said, I, 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 I thank God I didn't marry you. Some steel she had made for a brother in the office downstairs. When I saw the steel, I said, ah, Why? Are you a sick person? Why are you why are you eating rice with light soup? Say, oh Bishop, this is steel. I said, Opana, use this steel to take a decision about this relationship. Because as she's at home, she doesn't want to follow her mother into the kitchen. 
Her mother cooks well. While she is making soup and presenting it as stew. Yeah, because any girl, any girl you see, any lady who cooks well, like my wife, you will discover that she has paid a price. Her mother sitting here has insulted her, has faced her, has sent her. But some of you, you don't want to be sent. Always, girl, a girl, 28 year old girl, there's hair in your armpit and other places. Only in dummy, in dummy, in dummy. and say Lord have mercy if you are here just lift your hand Lord have mercy sit down and let's close the service useless girl I, I, I pity the man who will buy Holland six pieces to marry a woman like you if you sit down I said we are in a conference right now as I'm preaching if I go to your room behind your door there's a big polythene bag your panties brown they are inside 48, you have not watched that. And a man will marry you expecting that you, you will watch something of his. When you yourself, you... Sit down. We are in, in a conference, you don't stand up. Please sit down. If it's a church service, but conference, you don't stand up. If I, if I make an altar call for all the women with more than 20 panties they have not washed, and I say, if you don't come, you will have some disease. You see, all of the, you see that the, the, the number of women who will come to your frontier. Please sit down. This is a conference. You don't stand up in conferences. Number three, we are closing. It's a lot, but I'm just... Uh, this is just to end the conference. I'm not really teaching. I'm just, we are just ending the conference. Jesus showed us that following someone could make you a great person, which is our pursuit, which is our vision, to be a great shepherd, and to, to be a great leader. And Jesus taught it. Matthew 4, the same scripture. 18 and 19. 19. He said to them, Follow me, and I will make you. You forget about the fishes of men. I will make you. If Jesus is making you, can you imagine God is making? Do you know of anything God made from nothing which was useless? Imagine Jesus Christ making you. When I think of the honor people bestow on me, the respect, the dignity, the beauty, everything. I I could never have enjoyed this honor if I was a medical doctor. Following Jesus made me 
into something I am I am I am I am an upgraded version of my real self. This is not how I am. I have been made into something. And when you follow, you will be made into something. Oh, how sad. One day I went to a pastor to one of our churches. You know, we we call them 10 by 30, just by the the dimensions. They're not as big as this, but we have many of them. I went to the church. I had a convention the first night. What I saw in the church, when we closed, I was having a a meeting with the pastor, asking about the church. And as he was speaking, I couldn't help but I said, look. I told him, I said, look. Look at the roof. Look at the roofing sheets. This is about six years ago. Look at the trousers. Look at the foundation we are standing on. I said, Bishop was not joking. When he invested money into these pieces of steel, the concrete we are on, nobody will do such a thing and, and, and see it as a, as, a, as a hobby or as a joke. He built this church building with the, with the intention that it would be used to do something better than what you are doing. But when you go into it, you see, he's not following. He's not following. He, he, he's not interested in learning, about, even knowing what he's doing. He's a pastor, I'm a pastor. He has a church, I have a church. He has a congregation, I have a congregation. He's passionate, he's praying with his people. Me too, I'm praying with my people. What's the problem? You preach, I preach. That's why many of us have not been made into anything. The preaching I'm preaching here, that is not originally how I speak. I am a stammerer. But following my pastor has made me into somebody. Today, I can stand in any country by the grace of God, on any platform, any stage, and have something to say. A stammerer. Even Moses, God respected his stammering. Moses. God respected it. Say, Aaron will speak for you. I don't have anyone to speak for me. I've had to learn to speak. And by, 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 by watching my pastor preach, I've overcome one of the major handicaps of a man's personality. You don't have any idea. It can, it, it can cripple your soul, make you unrelational, non-relational, reclusive, very... Uh, don't let me use English that is reserved for exams. Oh, I love this one. I was going to end. Jesus Christ showed us that it is a great privilege to be invited to follow. Because not everyone is allowed to follow. Can you clap your hands? You know, I now remember what Moses told Datan and Korah in number 69. That is it a small thing I, I see, I'm now seeing it in this right context. That God will select you. See, when you become a pastor, you have been given a privilege to enter a realm of life where you relate with great minds, where you are guided by being a pastor. It has helped me to even build a house by being a pastor. The things are here. 
If I wasn't a pastor, I would never have listened to, to, to the, to the Makane. I mean, for, for what? I'm an ordinary church member. I'm, I don't have any interest. But being in the ministry, having to train shepherds, having to work with leaders, makes me want to listen. And as I'm listening to the Makane, what, what my pastor has said over many years, I've learned about things about marriage, building a house, raising a farm, things that are quote-unquote non-pastoral in a way. It's a privilege. Not everybody is allowed in the church to be a pastor. Not everybody, not everybody in the church is allowed to be a shepherd. Have you not seen that in your church? There are more people than the number of shepherds in your church. It's a privilege, Davis. It's a privilege. Don't, don't remove your clothes and squat and poo-poo on it. Not everybody was allowed to follow. Mark 5.16 I need glasses. 18, I said 16. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil, by this time, in verse 18, the demons had left him. 6,000 plus. Normal in his right mind, good clothes, and so on. So, this man, who was a madman, who is now fine, out of gratitude, prayed him that he might be with him. I've got family members. Nobody has been able to heal me of this madness. You are the only one. I've met scribes. I've met Pharisees. They even ran away from me. You are the only one who stood me up and cast out these devils from me. Jesus, I have nowhere to go. Allow me. I'm praying you. Let me follow you. Watch what happens next. How be it? Jesus suffered him not. New Living Translation. But Jesus said, no. Go home to your family. Not everybody is allowed. On Sundays, some people go home to their family. Not everybody stays in church to follow Jesus at a deeper level. And Psalm 65 said, Blessed is the man. You are blessed. Anything you do, which brings you closer to God, including your sins, your, 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 your problems, your issues, whatever it is, anything that brings you near God is good for you. So David said, it is even good that I have been afflicted. That I might learn your statutes. Not everybody. So if you have a chance to be a pastor, I told you on Tuesday, most pastors don't have any proper education. Because that is the people God uses. God doesn't select lawyers for pastors. If you find a doctor who is a pastor, he's, he's, not, one, he's, he's not God's proper choice. The people God chooses, not many are mighty. 
Not many and few are noble lawyers, engineers, architects. Most are school dropouts. I met a pastor. I'm sure he's here for the first time. Yes, I can see him. I don't want to. He had a chat with me. He said he could not even, he, he didn't know the difference between past tense and present tense. He's here. He couldn't express himself. But through being a pastor and following the messages of Bishop Dagwood Mills, I sat with him as he spoke impeccable English to me. Not everybody is allowed to be a pastor. Think about it. Your classmates, your family members, your friends. How many of them are where you are now? Not everybody. So when God gives you the opportunity to follow, it is a privilege which must not be trivialized or taken lightly or wantonly or unadvisedly. But discreetly, soberly, be sober in the fear of God. Some of you today, even you are a shepherd, but in your house they call you pastor. You are a shepherd. In your house, they call you pastor. When there's a meeting, they ask you to pray. A brother came from, from wherever to go and bury his father. When they got to the place, there was no pastor. He was a pastor. He officiated the burial of his own father. And now my family members are shaking his hand. Oh, where are you from? You are the last born. I see. Really? Wow. That's beautiful. Great. I mean, but for the ministry, who will respect you? What do you have? What do you have? But today, they call you daddy. Mommy, ma. I saw a lady pastor going a few, last year wearing matching shoes, matching bag, matching hat, and somebody was holding the bag in front of her. I said, This is madness. Take the bag. It's supposed to match, it's not supposed to be held by a boy in front of you. You are a bushwoman. Tell your neighbor it's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Today, I just want to end here and tell you that God must help you. The next time we meet, we must meet as great leaders. Great leaders. Great shepherds. And everyone should have a story to tell. The how, how your life and your ministry changed when you began to follow properly. You could see that now even your leadership skills have been accentuated. Have improved. That your members see you as a better pastor. Because you now know what to do. Simply by following, you have been made into. May you not be around great people and let their lives just pass by. Follow. May your members see you as the best example of a great leader. May they brag with you. Hey, everybody should desire that your members will speak like David. 
Reverend Osei is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. I don't need a prophetic word. I don't need anyone to lay my hand. Once I have my, this man is my pastor. I, everything I need in my life, guidance, encouragement, comfort. Reverend Osei is my shepherd. I have no need. Stand to your feet.